Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hello, Kate. Hello. Hello. Did you know that you and I, and this is something that I don't think the listeners know, but you and I were once in a music video together. Uh, it was a long time ago, Kate. Do you remember this? Was it the Caldecott one? It was. We did, uh, there was a band called the FNGs who did a song called Randolph Caldecott that I turned into a music video and that you are in. I just remember stepping on a book in heels. Yes. That was what I required you to do. <laughs> and you did a very good job of it. Thank you. Yes. And so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that in the old uh, show notes because I think people forget about the Randolph Caldecott music video. And they shouldn't. Because it stands the test of time, my friend. It stands the test of time. You know, I've been in quite a few music videos, but that was uh, the most memorable of them all. You lying liar. <laughs> you were in a Kesha video with your hair in a mohawk while things exploded behind you. Yes. And you're telling me... But Betsy, I didn't step on a book. Yeah. Yeah, all right. All right. All right. Speaking of which, uh, where can people see you if they listen to this podcast and would perhaps like to see you in a bookish uh, place? I'd be happy to step on many books. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like we're going to go to ALA and people are just going to be grabbing their books when they see you coming. They'll be like, oh shoot, not her. I will be stepping. If you want me to step on your books, come to the ALA conference in Washington, D.C. That's correct. We are both going to be going. I will gladly step on your book. Yes. And this will be in June, I believe. Yes. Yes. The 22nd to the 24th, something like that? Yes, something like that. Near the end, the endish of June. Yeah. I really have not worked on my Newberry Caldecott banquet costume. I really should. Because we have a little more than a month to go. We just go and... Say hi to people, and yeah. you, you're like a superstar because everyone knows your name. Yeah, and they're makes like, me feel like a superstar. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's a Betsy Bird. Oh my yeah. gosh, did you see? Oh my gosh, it's Betsy Bird. Hush, 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 hush. Watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. It was awesome. Rhinoceros, Betsy Bird. Rutabaga, <laughs> rutabaga, rutabaga. Yes, exactly. Well, and that's the thing. I don't know if we'll actually be... Uh, Dining there this year. We don't have a table yet, but... Uh, no, we'll we, party it up, man. We'll party it up, You come yeah. to D.C., party with us. We're going to have a grand time. We will. We will. And speaking of grand times... Yes? Where, what, what is this podcast? Uh, the Fuse 8 and K podcast? That's correct. So, ding! You got one. Yes. Let's go for two. Okay. What do uh, Betsy and Kate do on this podcast? Uh, Alex, okay. <laughs> I, uh, what is talk about children's picture books? Ding! Very good. You only got that because you've got the thumb that can go so fast and everyone, <laughs> no one else was able to <laughs> yet. Boop, boop. Um, and, uh, yes, and then uh, question number three, this will be for, I guess, $500? Uh, is this double jeopardy? This is double jeopardy. Meow, 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 meow. All right, uh, why does this podcasting, oh, this podcast, I'm sorry, form of question, Betsy. Uh, <laughs> this podcast... This podcast exists so that we can talk about whether or not picture books are classics. Yeah. What's the answer, Kate? 
Do, do. True. Okay. That wasn't... <laughs> or we would have also accepted the name of the podcast, but yes, that would, that would also work. Which brings us to today's book. A book that we have not done to my surprise, though we did another book by this author-illustrator. Um, a book that perhaps is less, less well-known than today's book. And I will be very interested if you recognize this book. So I'm going to pull it out now. Here we go. Woo! What's that? Mike Mulligan and his steam shovel. That's correct. And and can you see who it who it's by, even though it's like black on dark red, which is uh, really Virginia hard to see. Virginia Lee Burton? Virginia Lee Burton. Now, have you ever heard of uh, Mike Mulligan and his steam shovel? Nope. Really? Okay. So this I would consider more famous than our other book we did. We did The Little House, uh, as you might recall. Yeah, that was with the nudists. I was... I was... <laughs> Just waiting for you to say it. <laughs> That's Just, what I remember. There's literally a countdown in my brain saying, and three, two, one. Nudist. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Good. We're on point. Are man. there nudists in this one? They, well, I don't, I wouldn't have told you there were nudists in the last one. So for all we know, there are nudists. Like, Flouncing in the, in the prancing around. Prancing so I don't think so. Uh, so I, 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 I don't know. You'll have to tell me, Kate. You're going to have to tell me. Okay. Yeah. While Kate does her read, let's get a little background information on Dick Birkenbush. Why should we talk about Dick Birkenbush? What does Dick Birkenbush have to do with this book? Well, if you look, you may see that uh, Dick Birkenbush is credited at the beginning of this book. However, his name is misspelled. Why is uh, Dick Birkenbush credited at the beginning of this book? Well, it's because of the ending of this book. As it turns out, the author was inspired to do the ending of this book the way that she did by talking to the son of some of her friends while they were discussing it over dinner. And she sort of said that she had written herself into a corner, perhaps a literal corner, uh, with the ending of the book. And it was the kid, who was about 12 at the table, who came up with the solution to her problem. So, when you read this book, be sure to give a little, little virtual hat tip to uh, Dick Birkenbush and all that he has given us. And we're back! You're just diving right in. All right, yeah. yeah. So we're opening and you're looking at the end papers, the front end papers of the book. Where you learn about all the different parts of a steam engine. Steam shovel, but yes. Oh yeah, steam shovel. Steam shovel. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting. If you were into steam shovels, you would be fascinated. If, like, you if, know those if, kids who are just get obsessed with something, and they're just yeah. like, they must know every single aspect of it? But look at the face on the steam engine, steam shovel. Why do I keep saying steam engine? Steam shovel. Yeah, because it, it was two steamish things in a mechanical yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. But look at the face on the hoist picture. She looks like she's really straining. That's my Monday. <laughs> That's your Monday. Hey! So you didn't find a tattoo, but you did find a Monday. I did. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to that tattoo in a bit. Oh, it's, it's been so long. I know. I'm so excited. Oh, I and can hardly wait. Okay. And there's like a secret surprise, which oh. is interesting. So who is Marianne? Because the steam shovel is named Marianne. Correct. And the access code to download your free audiobook is yes. Marianne. I should say that this edition that we are reading today is the 75th anniversary edition, and that it, if you get that, and you will probably find it in your local library, uh, you will find that you can get the audiobook read by Matthew Broderick, and everyone's can... favorite steam shovel enthusiast. Uncertain <laughs> what the connection there is, but yes, the access code is the word Marianne. So who's Marianne? The steam shovel. 
But in relation to uh, Virginia Lee Burton. You think she knew a Marianne? Yeah. Oh. Come on. She only had boys. Her She just had sons. Hmm. She would make these books for her sons. Was one of her sons named Mike? Uh, no. I believe... Now that's interesting. I thought this book was dedicated to somebody else entirely. Nope, it's dedicated to someone named Mike. I thought it was dedicated to Dick Birkenbush. No. But this seems to be dedicated to Mike. Well, Mike was one of her sons. Here, tell you what. I can check this fact right now because I have here Big Machines, The Story of Virginia Lee Burton by Sherry Dusky Ranker, illustrated by John Rocco, how Mike Mulligan's steam shovel and friends came to life. It should say the name of her sons, but for her sons, Eris and Michael. Oh yeah, there we go. So there you she, go. So she dedicated this book to only one of them. <laughs> Eat it, Eris. <laughs> no, I you think did, she dedicated other things to Eris, yeah. Well, anyway. So this story, it's about a man who's obsessed with a piece of machinery. <laughs> okay, that's one way to interpret it. Sure. It is his livelihood. Um, one could say I'm obsessed with computers because I type on them all day. He does all sorts of things with it, like digging. Yeah, well, that is his job, to and be fair. digging. Yeah. And then he does some more digging. Yeah. But my favorite part of when he digs through the high mountains is that there's, like, a photographer at the bottom while, you know, in the beginning stages of the digging. Uh-huh. And then once the digging is completed, he's doing the shaking the fist, going, Why I oughta? Are you sure they're not waving? Like a friendly wave? Oh, no. He also, got, I think he those got are... knocked over by the train. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like they've been knocked over by the train. I believe those are surveyors. One's at the top of the mountain, one's at the bottom with the thing to survey. If you want to get technical. I'm just saying, I maybe, think they're surveyors. Maybe he's taking pictures of the animals that no longer live in the woods. That's true, because, because they've just cut a huge swath through the natural resources yeah. to create. Which is, you know, historically accurate. Yeah. 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 On point. So he takes his steam shovel and he makes way for trains, he makes ways for... Uh, highways for cars he makes ways for airplanes so by, trains planes and automobiles yeah, yeah. by making mm-hmm. uh landing fields but i noticed that with the cars i'm looking at these cars and they definitely look dated yeah so i was thinking like 40s you're so close it's 39 oh this is a de- depression era yeah right so I'm, I'm I'll give it to you. Thank I'll give it to you. Much. You should have said early 40s, but uh, I'll give it to you. I mean, then, but then I got confused because later in the book, it looks like it's much earlier because of the way the women are dressed, but we'll get there. Okay. And then all these new shovels come about, gasoline shovels, electric shovels, new diesel motor shovels, and they can't... The steam shovel is just outdated and nobody wants it's passe, it. It's, it's an outcast... It's... You know what that is? That's building obsolescence, my friend. That's is the that, problem with that. Is what happened? You know, like when Apple is always bringing out the newest thing and, uh-huh. and the old ones that they don't work as well. Built-in obsolescence. You know, Marianne's just not cutting it anymore. Nope. And in, and in case you weren't quite sure how this <laughs> piece of machinery felt, yeah. it is in bold caps <laughs> on the page that they were very sad. That's true. I wonder whose choice that was. Was that the author's choice to make those so the font so much bigger? Or was that the editor's choice? Or is there somebody who was just typing it up somewhere who was like, I don't think this picture makes it clear enough how sad she is. 
<laughs> I will make it a big font. And then they get to the page where you look at all That's the other... That's a horrifying picture. You, all the, the other steam shovels are at the bottom of this... It's an elephant's graveyard of steam shovels. Yeah. Yeah. Where Mike Mulligan (laughs) is totally dabbing on the top of the hill. I had to look up what dabbing was because you warned me. And now I see what you're talking about. See, it is one of my favorite moments in this book is him doing that. Never would have considered that dabbing. But now that you've shown it to me, that's all I can see. We're going to do on Instagram. We're going to do a side-by-side of Uh Mike Mulligan dabbing. And what dabbing is, <laughs> just so people can see exactly Good. he was ahead of his time. Because I didn't know what Salt Bay was either until we uh, had Lyle Lyle Crocodile, so. I'm, yeah. I bring all the hip new you terms. You millennial you with your <laughs> terms that came out five years ago <laughs> that I never heard and I'm only hearing now. So then Mike Mulligan picks up a newspaper of a nearby suburb. Sure. And finds out that they are going to build a new town hall. And he's like, that's the perfect opportunity for us to work. So he and his... I mean, he's on the ball. Man's, you know, he's pushed. He's got to get some work. And he can't get work in the city, so he's going to drive however far it takes to the suburb yeah. of Popperville. Aw, oh, Popperville. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and here it's very quaint. It's you very know, quaint, they very have cute. A, they have a general store. Mm-hmm. They have a little yeah, a little Methodist church there. A little Main yeah. Street, you know. A little one room schoolhouse. And then this is where I get confused with what year it is because I'm looking at the women's clothing, and it definitely looks like 1910, 10 teens. Maybe she's like an older woman, and she just never caught up with the times with in a, terms with, of her clothing. I mean, a, that's a that's a corset. She also has a muff, which. That is weird that she has a muff. I mean, there are people she, wearing hats, but everyone wore hats. Yeah, there's but a Mike's kid wearing, here with a short sleeve Yeah, Mike's dress. wearing a short sleeve shirt. I mean... And she has a muff. That does look like a muff. <laughs> it comes up later, too. Okay. I, I don't know why. I thought, I from this distance, I thought it was her corset, but now that I see it. But he's, so he's going around and he's telling Henry B. Swap, one of the selectmen, that, hey, I can build you a seller. Okay, wait, first of all, what's a selectman? I don't know. A man who selects. I have never encountered this word outside of this book. Yeah, I think it's just a man who selects things. Okay. So he's a select man. Can I be a select woman? Sure. You can select, select anything you want. Yeah. yeah. Sure. We don't discriminate. I selected this book. And you're a select man, and you're a select woman, <laughs> and you're a select person. Can I say I love Marianne's eyelashes in this scene? I was going to comment oh, on that. There you go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because... Mike is like building her up so yeah. that I can dig, you know, together we can dig this in a day, whereas a hundred men would take a week. Mm-hmm. And she's just, oh, you, stop <laughs> it. Stop, you're flattering me. I'm yeah. blushing. You to don't... be fair, she would not exist without him. She owes him a lot, so. And he owes her, I think. Oh, yeah, no, he owes her, yeah. But... I suspect that Mike doesn't save his money, which is why he's so desperate for because he worked a lot. Yeah. And he probably could, I guess the, the idea is he spent all his money and he couldn't afford to buy a better steam engine, or a, not steam engine. Now I'm gotten saying it. Sorry, I've got it. Uh, shovel that there isn't steam related. Right. There you go. All right. And it's interesting. His slogan is on the back of the steam shovel. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> Can Do I quick ask a question about how a steam shovel works? I know how a steam engine works. You've got someone by the tender who is shoveling the coal... Into mm-hmm. the furnace part, yeah. which makes it go. Yeah. I assume that a steam shovel does the same thing. Yeah. But how a... can he operate it and shuffle the coal at the same time? 
Um, well, there's a coal bunker. Yeah, see, that's where you keep the coal. And there's a cab. Right. And that's where he is. He's in the cab. Y- yeah. And, um, there's a... There's, there's <laughs> you a, are no help to me there, at there's all. There's a boom. No, with, the boom has nothing to do with With, with teeth and a no, dipper. Nope. Back to the story, Jake. I don't know, Betsy. I don't Back know. Back to it's the story. Magic. But we just... We it go, is magic. You know, we just go with his slogan. You know yeah. what his slogan is? What's that slogan? Anything... Anytime, any place. That's his slogan. It says That's a, a good slogan. It's on the back of a. Why didn't. Oh, he did. Oh, I was going to say, why didn't he brand it? But he did brand it. He did. It. Yeah. Yeah. See? There so you go. anytime you uh, are, are stuck somewhere or maybe you have a problem with something, you just mm-hmm. remember Mike's slogan. Sure. Anything, anytime, any place. It's strange. Nobody's put that on a t shirt. <laughs> Nobody ever thinks of that phrase when you think of this book. We maybe there's a reason for that. We come to my favorite part. Oh, whoa. Here? The tattoo. Oh. Is it? It's I'm the not... sassy sun. Get out. The sassy sun is back. The sassy sun the is sassy back. The sassy sun. The sassy sun is back. I saw it peeking over. Right? This is the sassy sun from the little, the little house. Who was your tattoo previously? I mean, it was like. And has not abandoned you. It was like my row of tattoos because it went around my arm because there was like, you know, all the different suns. Yeah. And the sassy sun is back. I am so happy. Aww. It's so nice that you're able to like. I even wrote in my notes sassy sun with three exclamation points. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Well, that was a three exclamation point, sassy son. So then we get to the point where he has to do his thing, right? He has to make the cellar in a day. Yeah, he does. So he gets up early and he starts digging. And the kid, there's a kid in town who starts watching him. And then he's like, hey, if you get more people to watch, then I'll dig faster. Well, the woman with her muff comes. And oh, that is a muff. Yeah. It really is. Because from a, even from a distance, I, I doubted you, Kate. I did doubt you. But now that we're close up to her... It's a muff. What and, is the... Uh, maybe there's a point of a muff above and beyond... It warms your hands. It warms your hands. But it also... Like, could you keep stuff in it? Was it, like, instead of a purse? It would fall out. Would it? Maybe it has little pockets inside. I've never known of a muff with pockets. How many muffs have you known? I, I used to own a muff. I know, but that was a muff. Do you have a, do you have a collection of muffs? <laughs> But are, you a, are you a muff collector? This is, this is inappropriate. Can I call you a muffin? No. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> Getting silly now. So we get all these people who have nothing better to do with their day. Kids who should be in school that aren't. Yeah. People who should be going to their jobs that aren't. This is the biggest thing to happen in Popperville then. They're like, all ever. just watching him dig a hole. Yeah. Is there literally nothing else to do in this town? This I don't so... think there is anything. Well, the kids were in school. You see, they're now pouring out of the one-room yeah. schoolhouse. Why do they think this is interesting? Have you lived in Popperville? I, this... this is literally the most interesting thing that has ever happened to them. It's so sad. It is really sad. I feel bad for all of them. I mean, just move to the city, people. If this is your entertainment. This is pre-TV. Let's I mean, just say it this way. Have, this like, is pre-TV. We have hundreds of people watching. Yeah, no, like people Coming from the surrounding from towns. <laughs> because from the biggest thing that's ever happened. We got people from Bangerville and Kipperville and oh. Bopperville and Copperville all coming to Popperville yeah. to watch this. Man, those really? Bangerville kids, though, you don't want to have them. So don't boring. mess with them. This yeah. is so boring. And then. He's, you know, he, the more people that come, the faster he digs. And the faster he digs, the, the faster the sun goes down. And then we get to the point where he keeps going. And then... He did it. He, he did, did it. it. He made it. 
He, he did made it, it in he time. Dug, he will get paid now. He dug a hole. Yeah, well, he dug a hole, but he, you know. The thing is, if I were the mayor and I was like a shifty guy, well, you, how do you know when a hole is ever done, right? I mean, that hole looks done to me, but you can there always say no like... There is no mayor, Betsy. Oh, I'm sorry. He's a select man. A select man. Yes. Right. Which is weird. Mayor would have made more sense. Okay. It would have. Moving on. But then we get to the point where, um, well, the woman's lost her muff. And <laughs> okay, so you know it's serious. <laughs> and no one can figure out how to get Mike and the steam shovel out of the hole that they have just made. Um, you would think... Including Mike. Who's, this is his job, You by would the think way. that he would know how to do this. This is his job. You would think. Why don't you just dig some more dirt and make it into a little ramp? I mean, I'm no right. operator. Right. But that would be... The obvious my first, solution. My yeah. first idea. Yeah. Apparently, no. Um, that's that's not what that's he's not going to do. Option, yeah. So the little boy has an idea of why can't we leave Marianne in the cellar and build a new town hall above her and let her, let her be the furnace for the new town hall asterisk. <laughs> that's right. Asterisk, I've Betsy. never encountered this in any other book. What is going on? <laughs> why is there an acknowledgement halfway... Through it's the, weirdest the thing. page, yeah, there's and it. Let me look at it. Acknowledgements to Dickie Birkenbush. Birkenbush, and it misspelled his name. That's the kicker. It credited to a real kid, and it misspelled his last name. It's Birkenbush with an E, not an I. Oh, yeah. Dickie Birkenbush was the one who came up with the solution to the end of her story, and so she was like, "I'll credit you." Now, any logical person would say. Oh, yeah, you do it in, like, maybe the, the acknowledgments right. or the author's note or something like that. Yeah. I've Not never seen it. in the middle of the middle of the, page. Of the smack dab. With an asterisk. Yeah. This is... It's weird. It kind of... I kind of love it, actually, in a weird way, where I'm just like... It's, it's like a footnote that they just put in the middle of a picture book. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. So, anyway, they take the little kid's idea... They decide to, well, the, you know, they ask the um, select man if this <laughs> would work. And he says, why not? Finally not being a jerk. And everyone was happy. And they built the new town hall right over Mike and Marianne. And, you know, everyone's hunky-dory. And if you want to go to the town hall, go into the cellar and you can see Marianne and Mike smoking a pipe in a rocking chair. Um, does this, can you actually make a steam shovel into a steam engine for a building? So my thinking is no, I could be wrong. At the very least, you'd take her head off, her head being the bucket. Right. Uh, you, you don't need the bucket. Um, but it would be really weird if... It's called the Dipper, Betsy. Yeah, it's... It's it's called the Dipper. <sighs> they, Is it? They, they tell you twice. Yeah, right. In the beginning yeah. and at the end. On a on an excavator, it's called a bucket. But very well, we will go with the... I'm sorry. Dipper. The Dipper. Yes. I find that to be unlikely that that's actually the name. But all right. No, you don't need the Dipper as part of... Uh, you know, and we mentioned the coal... That she burns. Yeah. So I guess that's the only part of her they really needed. They really didn't need 
the rest of her, but it would be really creepy if they had taken her apart at the end. If they took so, off her head. If they took off her head. Yeah. And just used her middle. Yeah. Then that would be a very different ending to the old Mike Mulligan Steve Jumbo Then story. she can smile at the end. Yes. I like that they have something holding her head up permanently. Yeah, a like, chain of A some, chain of some, some sort. sort yeah. yeah. For fear of her, I don't know. Looking sad? Eating the children? I have no idea. <laughs> something. Yeah. Yeah. Restrained. So that's Mike Mulligan and his steam shovel. Sure is. Not steam engine. So as I mentioned before, uh, I have here uh, Big Machines, uh, which was the picture book biography of Virginia Lee Burton. It's a very useful book in in many ways, in that the illustrator, uh, John Rocco, tried to imitate her style rather perfectly. However, I have noted, and I I, I flipped through this just to make sure, uh, your son is not in this book. He never what? attempted the sun. Now, maybe he felt that the sun was too darn difficult. I don't know. It is it is difficult it is, to, it is very to difficult. capture the full sass mm-hmm. that the sun brings. But you can see, she, she he does a pretty good Marianne, all things considered. Uh, it's a, definitely a modernized. Yeah, well, he's got a far more realistic style than yeah. a lot of people. Um, as you can see with this drawing of her painting to a certain extent. Yeah, it's very pretty. Um, yes. So let me show you a picture of her because this, this, this okay. So her life was rather fascinating. Uh, she was, uh, I believe, a dancer in her youth. Here is a picture of her showing so much leg, so much leg. She was a very attractive woman. She's got some nice gams. She got some nice gams. That dame's got good gams. Um, yep. And then she had these kids, and she wrote these books, and she did the art for them. Uh, that's pretty much all she wrote on that story there. But they did a whole book about it, and that's kind of cool. Uh, you know, in terms of the top 100 picture books polls, it never made the top 100 on either of them. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. I was convinced that it would make it, because to a certain extent it is somewhat well-known, mostly because of Ramona. Are you familiar with Ramona Quimby? Mm, I've heard the name. She was a child children's uh, book character. Um, you have a lot of sass, um, but not in an annoying way. Uh, for example, in Ramona the Pest, her kindergarten teacher is reading them the Mike Mulligan book. And, uh, she asks, she asks a question that many kids have thought over the years, uh, but that few have voiced. If Mike Mulligan digs all day, when did he stop to use the bathroom? That's a very good question. The teacher cannot answer this question, as yeah. it turns out. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he did, we don't know that he ate anything or drank anything, so maybe he doesn't have to go. This is true. <laughs> maybe he has some routine where he just completely just eats and drinks nothing for like 12 hours yeah. and then proceeds to... Yeah, that's, yeah it's there a, you go. It's an all-day fast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then he'll eat dinner once he's done. There you go. At like 9 o'clock. I like that solution <laughs> far more than any other that I was coming up with, so <laughs> let's go with that. Okay. Yes. Um... I love that this book, so we read The Little House, right? Mm -hmm. And we read this, and both of them have one thing in common. Nudists. No, we (laughs) did not. You could not find one nudist. But on the flip side, you didn't find any clowns either, did you? Did you? Did you? No, I did find the sassy son twice, though. You did? They both have the sassy son. Good finding. I think that is good finding. But they're both about this dark, I think she had this dark fear of obsolescence herself, of like not being up with the times because both of the the house and the steam shovel shovel yeah uh, look at what you've done to me <laughs> you're welcome yeah anyway 
have this sort of like fear of like the modern world passing them by, which is amusing because this came out in 1939, not when I think of like technology. Right. There is an animated short film of the same name. Uh, it was adapted from the book and it played on HBO. I'll try to find that and see if I can put it in the old show notes. So, ratings time. This is going to be pretty easy for me. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because, well, it definitely has the same art as Little House, which I gave that book a 6.5. Yep. I would not rate this book that high. Yep. Um, I gave it a 3.5. Ooh, woo! I think it's kind of boring. Woo! That's low! It's all about a dude who digs. He digs in a square, Kate. It's so boring. It's so square. I search real hard to find interesting things about this book. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, and I don't know if I even succeeded. I think you did a very good job. Well, thank you. I just couldn't... I, yeah, I don't, you were straining? I, I don't think... There was a lot in the little house. I forget how much, but we found and a, this a lot. this has a lot of text for not a lot going on. It has a lot, especially when he's in the town, and then you, the, the text gets all slanty mm-hmm. and goes down like a... Like a little waterfall. Yeah, it's yeah. just, you know, it just didn't do it for me. Yep, I can understand that. Books of the past had a lot of text. Sometimes that worked for them. Eh, sometimes not so much. Um, and the thing is, I was like, I was in the sixes as well with the little house. I gotta go lower with this one. I am, I do like it. Um, but do I like it because it stands the test of time? Or do I just like it because I have nice associations with it? It's probably the latter, to be perfectly frank. I do believe it. the art is fun, and it's a fun story. It's well-remembered in some circles, but I think it's falling out of favor. Uh, yeah, so I'm going uh, 5.5. Okay, so yeah, yeah we're, we're not... We're out, of, we're out a, of classic territory. Definitely not a classic. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think I am okay with that. She already had another book on that. We were already screwing up the title, so... Exactly. <laughs> and the steam thing. It's the steam and, yes. Steam and sassy sun. Exactly. <laughs> and it had a sassy sun. You have to give it credit give for that. Give me a book about a sassy sun. I will, I will devour that. I will eat it up. There are sassy sun books. I don't know how good they'd actually be with that, but, but I can think of some. All right. I'll think about that. I'll see okay. what I can do. Letters time! We only really had two. Not much. Okay, so uh, several people took me to task on the fact that, you know, as you'll recall for... Oh boy, I'm going to have to remember the name now. Okay, uh, Wilfred Gordon McDonald Partridge. Sure. I believe I have that in the correct word. I'll take your word for it. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so that Whitley Bradford, for whatever reason, narrates the book in a YouTube video. Um, I did not mention that he was on the West Wing. In fact, the people found baffling. However, I've never really watched the West Wing, except me, for... Me neither. I've seen the, the two of the different Thanksgiving episodes, um, because my extended family uh, enjoys it very much and finds it traditional to watch the Thanksgiving episodes, where they are supposed to pardon the turkey. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so I've seen that, and it's entirely possible that Whitley Bradford was on one of those episodes. I don't know. Okay. So anyway, sorry, folks, that I did not mention that before. Next, we had, uh, in terms of No David, uh, Rockin' Librarian wrote in. Rockin' Librarian? That's one word. Rockin' Librarian. Nice. I know, right? Yes. All right. Good name. It is a good name. So she says, dropping by, as a mother of a young artist with ADHD, 
to second the above comment. So this is on the comments about uh, uh, his his ADHD sort of type personality there. Um, and answer the question on the show that yes, the drawing on the wall thing does happen or did. She's 10 now and has learned to contain her self-expression to tablets, both electronic and paper, but oh my gosh, she was a compulsive artist scribbler, leave her marker, any available surface, including herself or other people. Oh. My husband once informed me that I had to go change my pants right before I left for work because someone had apparently written on my butt. <laughs> she could not be contained. Uh, even when she tried to satisfy her creative urges. Likewise, when we tried to keep art supplies out of her reach, she would find some and she would use them. That was all in caps. Uh, this lasted a lot later into her childhood than you might expect. She couldn't help herself. She was then given the task slash punishment of cleaning up her artwork afterward, but it still took her a long time to break the habit. You ask, where were the parents? Why weren't they stopping, David? They were probably doing their best, but one's best still cannot keep a child with ADHD out of trouble, and I have two of them. Oof. That is a good thing to know, Oof. so thank you for, for telling us that. I'm gonna have a drink for you, Jesus Louise. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> ay, ay, ay. One for you, two for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> One for two. Ah, grown-up things we like. Okay. What, you want to start? Sure. Do it. So, I mean... The whole world has seen Avengers Endgame. I saw it last night. I actually liked Infinity War better. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's fine. I don't actually know that that's the most controversial statement you could make. Okay. I've heard other things. But the thing that I do want to promote, which is on Netflix, it's Amy Schumer's comedy special that she she just came out with. I have not seen. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I... You know the name? Uh, it's called Growing, mm-hmm. because she is pregnant. Oh! Like, like, super pregnant. I didn't know she was pregnant. Seriously? No. Yeah. I don't follow her. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's, like, super pregnant. And so uh. her entire comedy special is about um, how she got married, and then how she she's now pregnant, and how that's been going. So she has that thing that Kate Middleton had, where, like, you're sick the entire time. Oh, yeah. Lucy Hi- Nisley uh, had that as well. She, Hyper... She- I don't know what it's called. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. So so she's sick, like, all the time. And so she talks about that. And also, her husband um, is on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so she talks about that, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's so funny. I have never been pregnant or had kids, but I was laughing my butt off. So it's definitely not... PG or PG-13. It's R, because of her language. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, She's always been R. Yeah, but uh, but it, she, she's very raunchy, but it's very funny. So that is my very grown-up thing. I'm going to take your suggestion, and I'm going to follow your suggestion, because that sounds awesome. Yeah. So you did a Netflix thing. Uh, I'm doing an HBO thing. Okay. There you go. There was an HBO documentary recently called The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. It is about a woman by the name of Elizabeth Holmes and her former company, Theranos. Now, I don't know if you heard about this woman. I certainly, most certainly had not. She was this venture capitalist, I think. Uh, She went out and she was like, hey, we can, I'm going to create this product and we could take just one drop of your blood and then test for all these things. You don't have to have big needles sticking into your arms and all that. 
Um, and it seemed like a really great idea. She always, like, she had this low voice. She was, you know, beautiful blonde, blue eyes. And she would always wear, like, Steve's Jobs-ish, like, uh, black turtlenecks everywhere. And, and every, and she, you know, she had friends in high places. And, and, you know, people were just thought she was, like, the next genius and everything. And they were like, oh my gosh, you know, she was in Silicon Valley. Uh, turns out, uh, it was all a lie. Uh, her machine could not do the things she said. And there is, if there's anything that people like more than seeing an up-and-coming rising uh, star, it's seeing that star crash and burn in the most... It's it's glorious. It's just so good. And I was listening to a thing today. So, oh my gosh, this has led to a book called Bad Blood. There's a podcast about her. There's going to be a movie starring Jennifer Lawrence. There's a TV series that's going to be starring um, Kate from Saturday Night Live. Kate. Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Um, but the documentary is a good place to start because then you get to see all the visuals and it is it is so enjoyable. And it, it really, it, it kind of comes down to uh, she has no shame, like no shame. And, I, and this shamelessness is what makes it so compelling because... She can look you dead in the eye, not blinking, because she doesn't blink for some reason, and uh, lie to your face. And it is fascinating to watch. Good, good stuff. So, yes, if anyone wants to watch The Inventor, two thumbs up. Okay. So our recommendations are you have to have a subscription to something. Pretty much, <laughs> yes. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe. My thing might... Mm, mine might come to DVD. Yours probably won't. I don't know. It could be on YouTube. It could be, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, maybe maybe next week our recommendation should not have paying services. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or require one to illegally download something. Yeah. I, would agree. <laughs> I would agree. All right, on that note, <laughs> I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye! Fusing Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse8Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our selectman is Drew Etienza. Fuse8Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.